Hello, my name is Dave Lewis, and I am the host of Cinemillennials, a podcast where myself and another millennial watch a classic film that we haven't seen before, ranging from the early 1900s to the late 1960s, and discuss its significance and relevance in our world today. On today's episode, I talked with Mary Jo Hernandez about the 1959 comedy Some Like It Hot directed by the Hollywood legend that is Billy Wilder, who wrote and directed films like Double Indemnity, Sunset Boulevard, Sabrina, and The Apartment. Some Like It Hot, starring Marilyn Monroe, Tony Curtis, and Jack Lemmon, follows the story of two jazz musicians, Joe and Jerry, who just witnessed the famous St. Valentine's Day Massacre and are on the run from gangster Spats Columbo. The lads have a brilliant idea. In order to escape the Windy City, they disguise themselves as women in order to join an all-girls band that's on its way to Florida. Once they're accepted into the band, both Joe and Jerry go gaga over the band singer Sugar Kane. Sugar also changes her identity to get what she wants when she meets the heir to the Shell Oil Empire, Junior. From themes like faking it till you make it, to the acceptance of new identities, Some Like It Hot is a hilarious but meaningful romp. So sit back, relax, and don't be like most of the guys trying to pick up women in this movie. Hey Mary Jo, welcome to the show. What was the first film you saw in theaters, and what are your favorite films at the moment? Ooh, that's a really great question. The first film I've seen in theaters, I feel like my parents would probably tell me it was something like Tarzan or Hercules, Mm -hmm. but the first movie I can remember seeing in a theater is Jurassic Park 3, and then double featuring it with Planet of the Apes. Whoa. Yeah, I was five years old. My entire life, I've been watching movies way too early for my own good. (laughs) At like two years old, my favorite movies were Indiana Jones. I demanded we leave Planet of the Apes about 15 minutes into it because I just couldn't do that. (laughs) (laughs) You're just so overblown with like what's going on from dinosaurs to monkey men and it's just like what is yeah. happening i vividly remembering watching maybe i made this up i haven't watched the movie since because it really scarred me <laughs> but i remember the monkeys were branding humans and i was like i'm out that was it <laughs> <laughs> maybe we'll have to have you back on for uh, planet of the apes if no one picks oh that soon yes I'm down. <laughs> what are the newer films that you've liked Ooh, that's a, also a really great question i feel like Recently, I've been watching way more TV Mm. than movies, so it's hard to think of a movie that I've watched in the last year that it was, like, new to me, especially not being able to really go to the theaters. I'll give you a time period, so, like, in the last maybe Mm -hmm. 10, 15 years. Oh, you know what? One movie that I saw in the last year that I'm absolutely obsessed with, I went out and I bought it on Blu-ray, which I never do, was Ready or Not, which... I, I'm not a huge horror fan anymore, just because I feel like, especially in the last, I feel like it's making a comeback, but in the last, like, 10, 15 years, it's just gotten so contrived and almost so simple, mm-hmm. but that movie, I think it was because it was written by Ryan Murphy, it was so good. For me, what I define as, like, a good movie is a movie that makes you feel something. It could be a really bad, like, it could make you feel awful. But if it made you feel something compelling enough to want to talk about it or just reflect on what your thoughts and feelings were in that moment, for me, that is what defines a good film. And in the same way as you, like, I feel like with Tarantino, 
I don't necessarily feel anything. So for me, it's not a good movie. Mm. Maybe for someone else, if they are feeling it, great. That's a good movie for them. But personally, like for me, if I define it as a good movie, it's because it made me think and feel and contemplate <laughs> my existence in one way or another, good or bad. Did you have any experiences with classic films before watching Some Like It Hot? Which ones are your favorites? Ooh, okay. So growing up, I watched classic movies all the time. Like growing up, we had TCM on, Turner Classic Movies. Mm -hmm. Yeah, TCM, Ben Mankiewicz is my guy. I went to film school, so the majority of my classes were watching historical films or understanding like the techniques used in certain times. So definitely seen quite a few. Growing up, my favorite was definitely, I think, The Sound of Music. Uh, um, yeah, it's. I love that movie. Plummer. I know it hurt this past weekend. I can honestly say one of my first crushes as like a three year old was <laughs> like Captain Von Trapp. No joke. <laughs> no, so The Sound of Music was definitely one of my first films that I absolutely adored. I also love The Wizard of Oz. Growing up, I feel like those two films were like very instrumental in my life growing up. And then also the classic Bond movies, the ones with Sean Connery. Another person we lost this year. I know, Our, just so many. So you have a little bit of a, you know, you have a little bit of experience, just a little mm -hmm. bit though. Um, <laughs> why did you pick Some Like It Hot? Did you know anything about the movie before watching the film? Yes and no. So the only things I knew about the film were Marilyn Monroe, comedy, one of her last films, it wasn't her last, but it was one of her last. But I didn't really know what the plot was. And I just remember one of my professors in college was obsessed with this film, but we never actually watched it. So, so when I saw it on the list, I was like, you know what? I should finally, I should Bite finally watch it. Yeah. I watched this like years and years ago. And at the time, some of the stuff went right over my head. I had no idea what, what the hell the movie was about. Just like, all right, some like it hot. And like two guys dressed up in drag. And I was like, okay, how is that going to fit into this whole grand scheme of this movie? And I watched it. I was like, oh my God, this movie is so funny and so like mm -hmm. all over the place. And I had no idea where it was going to go next. What did you think about the movie? I agree. It was all over the place, which... <laughs> Going in, I didn't even know that it was like men dressing in drag. I just knew it was a romantic comedy and Marilyn Monroe. It was a roller coaster of an experience for me. <laughs> but like for the first 15 minutes, I had no idea where this movie was going just because the inciting incident kind of happened. Mm -hmm. But really, like act one felt so long. Right. Because it was just so much buildup to actually getting to Florida. Like they don't get mm. there until they're like, 45 minutes into the movie so for me I was like really trying to figure out like where it was going what was happening and then on top of that also thinking about some of the themes in there are pretty topical to what's going oh, yeah. on in modern day society one transgender people mm -hmm. and also the propaganda or stereotypes around men dressing up as women to get closer to women as we were watching the film that was one of the big things that I was like nervous about <laughs> yeah. for the first like maybe hour mm -hmm. hour and a half of the movie but yeah I, it was definitely all over the place and kind of it followed the classic structures of film but definitely played with it more than I expected it to with the themes I found it to be really interesting I found it like you mm -hmm. I was nervous 
again, like thinking about what was happening within our world today. And that's one of the main things that we talk about within the show, like how that was going to fit. Cause sometimes I don't realize with comedies, like what the commentary is behind what mm-hmm. is going on. That's like my weird blind spot within comedies. Like I'm like, wait, like what are they trying to say? And then I have to watch it multiple times. But I think it's really interesting. Cause I saw a couple of things that, uh, you know, I was popping into my head in my notes it was on the border of being ahead of its time, but also mm-hmm. of its time as well. It was really interesting to see how both Joe and Jerry were constantly objectified and their responses mm-hmm. to being objectified because throughout the whole movie, every single guy is a freaking weirdo. It's just like, why? Why would you do that? Why would you think that's okay? And I think that's really important for a lot of guys now to watch something like this and be like, look at what a lot of guys are doing. Obviously, I'm not perfect because I have probably done these things in the past, not, you know, meaning to, or maybe I did, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, it's very hard to see from another perspective Mm -hmm. within yourself. If more people, more guys watch this, maybe they would understand the struggle being a woman and how guys are constantly creepy. And like, I hear as a guy, like, oh, this guy is being a creep. Like he's doing Mm -hmm. this and that. And it's just like, oh, okay. Like, that's something I shouldn't be doing. So I don't understand why guys continue to do things when it's just like, you have to be respectful. Don't do anything that's out of your way of being a creep. Like, just don't do it. It's not hard. But some of these guys that I know, it's just like, stop. Why are you doing that? Right. I think one thing, and it's pointed out in the film as well, is whenever Joe and Jerry get on the train, and I I don't remember which one, maybe it's, I think it's Jerry falls over and the band manager slaps him on the ass. Uh, Well, here we are. Are you two from the polio pop agency? Yes, we're the new girls. Brand new. This is our manager, Mr. Beanstalk. How do you do? And I'm Sweet Sue. My name is Josephine. I'm Daphne. Hmm? Saxophone bass, am I glad to see you girls. You saved our lives. Likewise, I'm sure. Where did you girls play before? Here, there, and around, and we spent three years at the Sheboygan Conservatory of Music. All aboard. You're in berth seven and seven eight. Seven and seven eight. Thanks ever so. You're welcome. Feelings mutual. Up to Daisy. Fresh. But I don't think that the band manager intentionally understood what he was doing, because if you're watching the act happen, it's just like a, oh, get up there kind of movement. Whereas, like, Jerry was obviously super uncomfortable because he just got, you know, groped. So I do think that there's also this underlying feeling of maybe it's not, sometimes it's so subconscious and so ingrained in just actions that you do without thinking Mm -hmm. that was one thing that i found really interesting as well early into the movie i actually wrote a note down about it (laughs) i thought of Mm -hmm. that moment where he and then jerry says fresh immediately back to him and then like the whole thing with when Mm -hmm. jerry is in the elevator with osgood and osgood pinches him the idea of the elevator going from the third floor straight up to down was clearly you know a joke um uh, you know, a subliminal or double entendre mm-hmm. kind of thing. So Jerry slaps Osgood, yeah. and he's like, ooh, she's a feisty one or whatever like that. And I'm like, I like that. Just like, dude, no. She yeah. said no. Go away. Stop going. Like, And it happens with the bellboy too with Joe. And mm-hmm. it's just like, 
just because a woman says no doesn't mean it's okay for you to keep going after. I do definitely think that it was ahead of its time in that way where it was really showing or putting a man in a woman's position, which I feel like isn't always shown. But yeah, agreed there for sure. There's a fluidity to the personalities some like it hot how they say like it's like kind of like a joke about jazz and the music of the period at the time where it's it's a saying some like it hot and some like it's sweet so it's that kind of acceptance or the creation of an acceptance of new identities and it's super meta in that way because samuel wilder changed his name to billy wilder when he came to america marilyn monroe's real name is norma jean mortensen who plays sugar kowalczyk who changed her name to sugar cane and then even crazier is Bernie Schwartz changed his name to Tony Curtis, who is playing Joe and then dresses in drag to be Josephine, and then changes again to be Junior, which is even more meta, his whole Junior shtick, because it's an impression of Cary Grant, whose real name is Archibald Leach. So it's <laughs> yeah. like this big kind of thing. And, and the movie throughout the whole thing is, and I wonder if you agree with this, is the writing is really great because there's so many different double entendres and there's so many different references to different things. Mm -hmm. Although they're going to be not as in the vernacular as we know them now as they were then. Mm -hmm. But still, you still understand that kind of thing because you have the different references to the Valentine's Day Massacre, which would have been more relevant back then or more relevant to people that understand mob history as well as the references to Benito Mussolini with our leader of all of the gangsters at the end. But it's really interesting, the idea of acceptance of different identities, because throughout the whole thing, you have these people constantly changing their identities and people just accepting it for what it is. And that's what a lot of people don't understand about transgender people today or I'm not sure if I'm even using correct words mm -hmm. here. People Becoming are, a new person, yeah. yeah. Becoming a new person, yeah, right. Yeah. I didn't mean it like anything like that. But no, 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 yeah, for sure. Well, it's like in the way of when you're transgender, a lot of times when you choose your new name, your old name becomes your dead name because it's yeah. not you anymore. So, yeah, I do, I feel like in some ways there are parallels to modern-day society in that way for sure. It's just the language that is now spoken in the way that like the yeah. slang that is used. Mm -hmm. Even at the end, what happens at the end, Osgood's acceptance of who Jerry is was very, very progressive at the time because at that time you still had the Hayes Code, which was a code that, and maybe you might with your film uh, mm -hmm. collegiate mm -hmm. experience, you might have a better way of explaining it, but it was a way to basically pacify filmmaking in America yeah. to basically say like, oh, we need to have these kind of values within American filmmaking after a bunch of different controversies in the 1920s dealing with sex scandals and a whole bunch of other issues within filmmaking and how much they were really trying to curb the creativity and the ideas that Hollywood was presenting all over the world. And they realized that America could be a great way of propagandizing the rest of the world through filmmaking. Mm -hmm. And really, Some Like It Hot was a way of breaking out of that kind of thing because the next year with its depiction of homosexuality, with its de depiction of drag and other things that were major taboo at the time, the MPAA rating system that we have today was developed through films that were pushing the envelope like this. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I That wasn't even something I thought about at the time, but I totally now 
thinking about it, that makes a lot of sense. One thing also kind of in the same line was is the fact that the Hayes Codes were trying to damper down sexuality and Mm -hmm. that kind of fluidity however they were totally fine with violence gang mentality mobs like i think one thing i wrote down as my first note when i was watching this movie was i was just so surprised the prevalence of gangster gangs and mobsters in a romantic comedy (laughs) right right it wasn't what i was initially expecting it to be the opening scene to be a chase but yeah, I, I think that that's really interesting that they were able to skirt around some of those rules. However, also seeing weren't necessarily an issue in that film as well, or themes that weren't an issue. I didn't even think about that because the scenes with the mob are ridiculous, like how yeah. violent they are portrayed to be with thousands of rounds of Tommy gun bullets are let out in a matter of seconds. Just because there's no yeah. blood doesn't mean that's still not shocking or that's still not overarchingly shocking to people to see that kind of violence depicted on camera. Another thing that I gleaned at the second time I watched this was how adaptive Sugar is, especially when she meets Junior on the beach. She is able to create this kind of hybrid of herself where she is able to put her personality where she's like saying all the different popular culture kind of things that Junior would understand or that Junior would be comfortable with in order to get into his pants because he's a millionaire. So it was kind of interesting to see the reversal. Would you mind moving just a little, please? You're blocking my view. Your view of what? They run up a red and white flag on the up and it's time for cocktails. You own a yacht? Certainly not. With all the unrest in the world, I don't think anybody should have a yacht that sleeps more than 12. I quite agree. Tell me, who runs up that flag? Your wife? No, my flag's to it. Who mixes the cocktails? Your wife? No, my cocktail's to it. Look, if you're interested in whether I am married or not... Oh, I'm not interested at all. Well, I'm not. That's very interesting. doesn't object to your career. They do indeed. Daddy threatened to cut me off without his plans. But I don't care. We're such a bore, you know. Coming out parties. Inauguration balls. Opening of the opera. Riding to hounds. And always the same 400. You know, it's amazing we never ran into each other before. I'm sure I would have remembered anybody as attractive as you are. You're very kind. Mm. I bet you're also gentle and helpful. I beg your pardon? You see, I have this theory about men who wear glasses. What theory? I'll tell you when I get to know you better. Hmm. What are you doing tonight? Tonight? I thought maybe you could come to the hotel and hear us play. Uh, I would like to, but that would be rather difficult. 
Why? Uh, I only come ashore twice a day when the tide goes out. Oh. It's on account of these shells. That's my hobby. You collect shells? Yes, yeah, so did my father and my grandfather. You might say we had a passion for shells. That's why we named the oil company after it. Shell oil? Please, no names. Just call me Junior. This movie kind of subverts the romantic comedies that we see today. How there's mm -hmm. usually like a fight in the middle of something like that. And then they go out and go on their own way. And then come back to being everything all together by the end of the film and everything is okay. And it's like really interesting to see like why haven't we moved towards something some like it hot where mm. it's kind of experimental and it's going away from the traditional archetypes of what we have through romantic comedies today. I agree and I disagree. Definitely the pacing and structure of the story was really interesting. However, I feel like with modern audiences, mm -hmm. some people just have such short attention spans yeah. that it makes it difficult to be able to do those slightly more experimental structures and formatting of stories because mm -hmm. people want action, action, action. Mm -hmm. People falling in love. They're going on dates. Oh, no, they break up. Wait, now they're back together and everything's happy again. Like in an hour and 45 minutes. Right. You know? And this movie was, like, surprisingly long for a romantic yeah. comedy. It was, I think, two hours. So... Yes, I do agree that it really did play with the structure. And I think as a modern audience, I was kind of confused by it, but I was mm. okay with it just because I enjoy watching older films. But I right. do feel like it really played with build up in a different kind of way. Right. And I think that's that's a great point because I feel like a lot of older films have a different build up strategy. They kind of, I don't want to say they meander. But they mm -hmm. go around and they stay in places longer than films would now. And I think that adds more emotional depth to films because you have this kind of very quick buildup. Build up. You have this very mm -hmm. quick buildup within romantic comedies today. And like you often have a time jump because you can't believe that these people are in love when it feels like they met like a week ago. And I feel like that extended time of them being on the train, of them being in the hotel and like all this other stuff, like actually being together and understanding how that person makes them tick. Uh, and I'm mostly talking about Joe and Sugar's relationship mm -hmm. and how they have that kind of – they have clear different moments throughout the movie where they have these kind of small intimate moments away from everybody else and they're understanding each other and what's happening, even though the whole junior thing is in the middle of that. But you have more of a connection there rather than like movies like Just Friends or whatever. I agree. I definitely do. And also for me, I don't know if you felt the same way watching this movie, but I also feel like even though it was a romantic comedy, I feel like it wasn't a romantic comedy in the same way that they are now. Like for me... It was really more focused on the idea of everyone just faking it right. and just happening yeah. to also find love. On top of that, it's like fake whatever superficial thing you need to for your own survival. Because I feel like that was kind of the whole point was they were faking it to survive. And I feel like in a way, so is Sugar, because obviously she was dealing with her own vices, her alcoholism, jumping from band to band. Like she was striving for stability right. for something that in the 1950s was what women did, you know? It was mm -hmm. 
that was their survival of being a wife. Right. Um, so, yeah, I yeah, agreed. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I would recommend this to people our age because it is so mm-hmm. progressive and to a certain degree, obviously, with some of the things that are clearly outdated, which yeah. happens with every classic movie. Not any classic movie is really perfect about what Mm-mm. they say about our society, especially now. But there are still some things that are really, really relevant and we can learn from. And it's so fascinating to see within this movie because, to be honest, when you picked that, I was like, uh-oh, what am I going to say about <laughs> this movie? Yeah. Because, <laughs> again, comedies, my whole blind spot is that I don't think, especially now, when talking about now, they don't really say anything about our society. They don't really say anything about how we feel about love. Like, it's not as deep as things like this are, or things like this were. Why do you think millennials and the younger generations should watch Some Like It Hot? Well, I think for a couple of reasons. First, I think one of the big things, especially with the millennial generation, is the idea of fitting in somewhere. And a lot of times people don't fit in. So one of the big themes, like we already talked about, was faking it and morphing yourself to be able to survive, fit in, get what you need done. Um, And I think that that's a really interesting moral that I don't think is explored enough in film. Mm. So I do think that that is a really great film for that. I also think everyone should watch at least one Marilyn Monroe movie mm-hmm. in their life. So, And this is a great one. I've yeah. seen Seven Year Itch and I've seen Gentlemen Prefer Blonde. But this one was really, really fun. And it was way funnier than I thought it was going to be. So I feel like this is a really good introductory film to more classic film. Just because it is easy to digest for the most part. Right. I think you just have to take it with a grain of salt in some ways. I really hope you enjoyed today's discussion I had with Mary Jo about Billy Wilder's rom-com, Some Like It Hot. I really enjoyed our discussion and want to say thank you to Mary Jo for coming on to the show. If you enjoyed this episode of Cinemillennials and want to watch the film we discussed, please check out my website, dlumoviereview.com, for more episodes of the podcast, film reviews, analyses, and where to purchase the film we discussed today. You can also check out the blog at classicmoviehub.com for my monthly column on what we discussed on the show. Please don't forget to subscribe and give us a rating as it helps more people find the podcast. Thank you.